Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Is It Worth It? Cinema at Home. Presented by Ranjit Namra. Hello and welcome to Cinema at Home. I'm your host Ranjit Nanra and I'm of course joined by regular presenters Craig Fields and David Long. Hello! Hello! And today we're joined by a special guest presenter, Herbie Hillsden, who might become a permanent fixture to Cinema at Home and other shows if he enjoys today's recording session. Herbie, how are you doing? I'm quite well, thank you. Good. Um, so Herbie, why did you want to join us today on Cinema at Home? Well, I've, you know, I've been listening to the show and I've... You know, I quite like talking about film. I like watching films. So I thought, I, you know, if, if Craig would have me, which clearly he has. Oh, I've been asking you for so long. Yeah. <laughs> has, and I, I finally agreed. Um, I thought, I'd, you know, it'd be quite fun to talk about the films I enjoy and share some of them with um, other people and the films I don't enjoy as well and sort of discuss with other people why they enjoyed them, why I don't enjoy them and, you know, really, really delve into it. Yeah, so Herbie and I work together. We generally talk about a lot of films, don't we? In the office. Quite a few, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of working, <laughs> we're just talking about films. So don't know if you should admit that on, on live on air. <laughs> nah, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, so <laughs> I'd like to start off with mentioning an original debut to Netflix, and that is Horse Girl. So, Alison Bree stars as a socially awkward craft store employee whose mental health is rapidly deteriorating. The history of mental illness within her family is at the forefront of her mind as images from her dreams start to blend into reality. So the only people in this room that have seen it is me and David. Um, yeah, sorry just, about that. <laughs> yeah, I do apologise. Um, so I'll, I'll start off, David. Um, I would say that Alison Brie is amazing in this film. Mm. She, she carries this film on her shoulders. Um, and also, I think it's, it's quite a hard film to describe without spoiling it. It's one of those sort of films, but it's a, it's a proper mind trip as well. Yeah. And um, what I loved about it is, you know, like I said um, in the synopsis, uh, her dreams start to blend into reality. So you don't know what's real and what what is part of her mental illness or mm. uh, her psychosis because everything that's happening, she believes is actually happening to her. Um, but again, you're at the, as the viewer, you're left to decide, you know, is what she's talking about true or, um, you know, is there something something else at play here? And um, I would say if you don't watch the trailer for this film because I think that, gives away a bit too much oops uh, yeah going yeah <laughs> i watched it last night um i was deciding on which film to watch for today yeah. because i only had time to watch one of them and uh, uh my girlfriend charis and i we we sat down we watched the trailers and um we picked uncut gems yeah. and uh we both looked at horse girl and thought blimey what this is going to be a trip yeah mm, not sure that's going to be the right film to watch tonight however we didn't realize what uncut gems was about like, <laughs> completely. Um, and we'll discuss that later but yeah cool. sorry about that um what did you think of it, david I so I went into the film completely blind and off the off the name Horse Girl I was ex- sort of expecting this maybe a comedy or a romance yeah. you know something about this girl and her relationship with animals that is not what I got at all a romance uh, yeah, well I didn't know with what animals it was about. <laughs> no, 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 d- d- is that is that what I just said <laughs> it kind of felt like it was going but, down that I, road I, I, not a romance with animals but do you know some people they really like horses and there's that relationship that's the sort of kind of film that I was I thought it was yeah. going to be about not actually a romance with animals <laughs> want to make that very very clear before we go any further um but it wasn't that at all it was this really bizarre trippy 
hallucinogenic almost film where you didn't know where fantasy stopped, reality began, what was a dream, what wasn't. um, And you really felt, I mean, I really felt sorry for this this woman that was clearly involved or in the midst of a mental health crisis. And seeing that unfold in front of you and seeing it unfold quite dramatically and there's a number of scenes where it really pulls on your heartstrings so she does get into a little bit of a relationship and everything just starts to really unravel and fall apart and it happens very, very quickly and I can only think of the similarities with that and Joker. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I just thought it was... It's not a film that I enjoyed, but it's a film that I really respected, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I, think I enjoyed it. I think I really liked the fact that... Um, you know, you, you you don't know what is what to expect from it. Like it, it takes you in all sorts of places. Mm. Um, and like I said, Alison Brie is incredible in this film. Um, I've been been watching her for a long time. I know Herbie, you're a big fan of Community, where she sort of got her big break. Um, and I've been watching. I've I've seen all the Community as well. Yeah. And she can she displays so much range in this film. Um, and she she really portrays this sort of socially awkward introvert really well. Mm. Um, which is very different to what she's done in the past. Um, so yeah, um, like I said, it's just it's a head trip. You, like there are some amazing visuals in here. Like it's, it's shot beautifully, um, but and the soundtrack's really trippy yeah. as well. The soundtrack's got this sort of like drum beat, and it's and it's really out of tune and off key, and it just makes you feel anxious on edge. And it really fits in with the yeah, narrative. Like it really that's represents unfolding. what she's feeling and her yeah. her mindset. Um, and yeah, I, th- I thought it was absolutely incredible. Um, Do you have anything else to say about it? Uh, no, I was just going to quickly look up the Rotten Tomatoes. Scores. Yeah, that's what I was getting up. But I will ask you what. Um, just for our listeners, where is this available? So this is on Netflix. It's uh, produced by Netflix, so it's um, a Netflix production. Um, and uh, I, I haven't seen anything else the director uh, Jeff Bayana has done. Um, but um, I will look out to see what else he has done. And I also wanted to give a shout out to Debbie Ryan, who's in this film, who I haven't seen since like. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, which was, I didn't even know she was still acting. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. so she was pretty good in this film. Um, and do you have the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score? I do, yeah. So it gets a very solid 71% from the critics. Unfortunately, it gets a 49% from the audience score. That doesn't surprise me, because critically, yeah. I think there's a lot going for this film. Like you said, I think the, the lead actress performance is, is really compelling. But for a cinema at home viewing experience, it's something very, very different. It's not something you necessarily watch Netflix and chill. This is more like a Netflix and panic attack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you need to get rid of all distractions and stuff yes. as well. If you're watching this you need to pay a lot of attention to this film do you guys think that this could have been a really good one to watch in the cinema no i think this works well on netflix yeah yeah i think so because all the as you said with all the distractions and all that sort of stuff the yeah. cinema environment for me is that ultimate place where you have zero distractions other than people who might be talking and chewing mm. gum or chewing yeah. food or whatever in the, in the cinema screen that really annoys me but um yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> the cinema is the ultimate place to have zero distractions so mm. what what do you mean by it being better mean, on Netflix? I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's just easier to sort of, I don't know, I think I would just say like it's just sort of easier to sort of fall into this film and like, you know, pay uh, more attention to it. I don't know, I think it works better on Because it's a comfortable Netflix. environment. It's a much smaller you need, yeah. narrative and, uh, you know, 
scope to the film. I don't think it needs to be seen on the big screen. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's a very personal story. And by yeah. watching it at home, I actually watched this on my iPad. So I felt very close and personal to the to the action that was unfolding. I don't necessarily think that it needs to be seen on the big screen. I think that's why it's gone. It's obviously a Netflix original, but that's mm. why it's gone on to Netflix. And yeah, I was compelled by the performances and just... I got so much from it, and when it finished, it was one of those films that I thought, I need to go back and re-watch this and try and work out what is actually reality yeah. and what, what isn't. Yeah. Because exactly. as the film progresses, yeah. that becomes more and more and more blurred until by the end you're not really sure what is what, and that's really effective. Yeah, and talking about it now, I just realised a good double feature might be The Invisible Man that's in cinemas now, mm. and then watch this afterwards, because The Invisible Man has the sort of same themes of uh, you don't know what... It, what this woman is experiencing is she does she is she having a mental breakdown mm. because of her relationship with her ex-husband like that sort of thing um or is there actually an invisible man around and so it's like, very similar it's a very, yeah very similar to a uh, horse girl so okay. i think that's that'd be a good double feature to do but yeah um anything else you want to say about horse girl uh, I was going to add something, actually, because I didn't get around to watching it, unfortunately, but I did do some reading about the production of the film and the writing. And Alison Brie um, was a producer and a writer for the mm. film. And there was an interview with her where she talked about how her grandmother suffered from um, paranoid schizophrenia and um, her own battle of depression, which she hasn't talked about at all in public, I think, until the promotion of this film and sort of talking about this film and how personal adventure it is for her. And I think that's Netflix is the perfect yeah. place for films like this because you really... Like Ranjit said, and and David, of course, films like this, you don't need to watch in a cinema because of the personal nature of them. It's very much mm. like from, I watched um, To the Bone as well, which is another film where the director and the lead actress have both suffered from eating disorders, and that's what the film is about. And I think that sort of thing, you don't get the full experience in the cinema in a way because I feel like sitting at home watching it makes you feel a lot more intimate with the film itself. It's not on a big screen, it's not yeah. as loud. You feel like you're with the characters yeah. with the film. Absolutely, yeah. you're much. You're in a cosy, safe environment yeah. to watch exactly, a, a story yeah. of someone who's not, maybe portraying something that's not so safe and you want to feel safe in, in yeah, watching what you're yeah. seeing unfold. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those films where you need to connect with the main with the main character yeah. um, and sort of, like David said, you sort of sympathise with her. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. I just wanted to, for any of our new listeners that are listening, we do get new listeners all the time and we do completely go to Rotten Tomatoes on the start of a lot of our reviews uh, within the main podcast and all of our other shows that we do. Um, So just to clarify, Rotten Tomatoes is a site that aggregates all of the reviews from critics and from audiences into two separate scores. The critic score ultimately gives you a percentage at the end of it, um, whether or not it's rotten or if it's uh, uh, fresh. Uh, If it's over 50%, it is fresh. And if it's under that, it is rotten. Uh, It's the same with the audience score. And it's a good way of us gauging whether or not a film is going to be received well by critics or received well by audiences and it gives us a starting point to start most of our reviews on uh, so I just wanted to just to clarify that for all of the new listeners that hasn't listened to any of our shows before um, so yeah carry on great um, so Horse Girl David would you say it's worth it? Absolutely yeah um, a really intriguing piece of cinema a really unique and individual piece of cinema brilliant lead performance it's uncomfortable viewing it it will put, certainly put you on the edge of your seat it's not something you want to watch if you want to relax but i think for the performance alone yes 100% worth seeing at home and i think it works in the home environment really really well because it's such a personal story yep i couldn't agree with you more i'd say it's absolutely worth watching at home like i said it's, it works well at home because you feel connected to Alison Brie and her character and the overall narrative and it's just it's an absolute head trip so it's I really want you guys to watch it and then we can discuss it in full spoilers about 
what's real and what isn't real. Mm-hmm. And like David said, you need to rewatch it again, sort of see if you can piece the, uh, piece the pieces t- uh, together. I'm definitely going to be watching it um, over the next week or so. Um, I'm really, I really want to see it. And yeah. as you said, with the Invisible Man double bill, I'll yeah. be doing that. I'll be yeah. watching Invisible Man and I'll come back and watch Horse Girl as well. Cool. Definitely. Great. So new to streaming services, uh, we have Uncut Gems. Adam Sandler stars as a charismatic jeweler who makes a high stakes bet that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. In order to pull off the ultimate win, he must balance business, family and adversaries on all sides. So I think we've all seen <laughs> Uncut Gems. In the oh, yeah. And um, um, I'll pass it to you, David. How would you feel? Yeah, I'll, ki- I'll kick off by saying that this was... Uh, it's weird that we've got two films that are so similar in terms of putting you the, on yeah. the edge of your seat. Uncut Gems was... I'm not quite sure how long the running time was, but it felt like a panic attack. I was on the edge of my seat throughout. The film starts with this really off-putting and quite terrible score. But I think that's what it's designed to do because it really made me feel uncomfortable for the first 10, 15 minutes. I just wanted to turn the score down and turn the audio up so I could actually hear what the characters were saying. But I think we're thrown immediately into this hectic life of this chaotic jeweller who's constantly buying and selling and trying to get out of debt. And immediately I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give this film a chance. It's going to take me on a journey. And boy, did it. I, I was really, really impressed impressed with this film um i have got a lot more to say on it but i'll let somebody else jump in i'm really excited to hear what everyone else thinks. <laughs> oh. oh my god you swallowed your tongue again, swallowed my tongue again. <laughs> this, is, this is an emergency this a medical is, emergency this, this keeps happening i do apologize but i'm really interested when i what happens is i try and talk too quickly and my tongue just can't keep up um <laughs> <laughs> well but, um, can i take over yes please right? do because i don't know what you're gonna say and i'm really interested to okay hear. Well, I'll start off with a few facts, shall we? Um, the Rotten Tomatoes scores for this film is 92% for the critics and 52% from audiences. And I think that's no surprise there, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, it is uh, 135 minutes. So that's two hours and 15 minutes in length, I believe. It's uh, produced by A24. So this is a, a really wonderful studio that pro- makes some really great movies. Yeah, um films. And it has had a cinematic release. This is why we put it into our new to streaming services section because it is it has had a limited cinematic release in in the US and in the UK. Um, we did actually originally think that this was going to be a new to streaming services. And yeah, actually, yeah. I uh, thought it was a Netflix production, but I don't think it is. No, not no. at all. It is simply an A two four film. There are other, you know. Um, people funding it as well but it is not net funded by Netflix whatsoever it is simply distributed by Netflix onto their streaming services and that is it um, I'm going to kick um, off my thoughts on this film and um, as I said earlier Charis and I sat down to go and watch a film in, in the evening and um, we didn't realise how chaotic <laughs> and how <laughs> difficult this was going to be to watch um, we got halfway through the film an hour into it and we thought when is this going to start wrapping up and I genuinely thought it was going to wrap up in the next half an hour or so but we did check it was an hour an hour left an hour and 15 and we were like blimey it was really 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 difficult and a real slog Um I found myself rooting for not a single person or character in this movie. And I found that I, I even even at the bits that you are supposed to be rooting for him, I just thought he was an absolute idiot. And there were so many mistakes that he had made within this film that are so simple and so 
obvious to someone like myself not to make that it, it infuriated me and and because of that I just hated it I hated this movie I really really did hate it um I did not enjoy it whatsoever but there were this is what I said I said this to Alex um this morning when I met up with him earlier and I said there were a lot of redeeming features now things like the acting was fantastic I thought the soundtrack was actually really really good I really liked that 80 sort of synth yeah. music underneath yeah. it um and I really did like some of some of the story elements and i think if they were all separate things into a completely lots of different movies i think it would have stood a chance or those movies would have stood a chance but this thrown together into the chaotic nature of what it is really didn't do it for me and especially on the small screen it was so unbearably difficult to watch really really was i must say i'm quite glad someone else felt that way because i thought i was (laughs) going to be sitting in the room with everyone who absolutely loved it and I felt very much the same way I, I was really on board with it actually the first 20 minutes or so so was I yeah. like I was really drawn in yeah. with the, um, the like the opening sequence and the opening credit sequence and like the music as well it once again is really good like it really draws you in and it's very yeah. interesting how it works with the um, with, with what's going on on screen but I, I just couldn't stand it and I think that's that's one <laughs> issue as well with watching films at home where it's so easy to turn them off and I, ha- I really had to force myself yeah, to get to the same. end because I heard a lot of people saying you know the ending is really worth it I mean I was I think I was messaging David and he said to try and stick with it until the end. Mm. And I did, and I can respect a lot of what it did. I certainly wouldn't say it's a bad film. I don't think, like like Craig said, it's very well acted. Like Adam Sandler is transformative in the role. Like, I haven't seen many Adam Sandler films. His like usual stick is, shtick isn't really my thing. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but it was amazing just seeing how, how he transformed for, like, transformation is usually sort of used to determine the physicality of an actor's role but it was everything, like the way he moved, the way he talked, the way he did everything was so unlike anything I'd seen from him. Mm, yeah. But even then, I just, I, I struggle anyway with films that have like morally, I mean, I say morally ambiguous, these were just all mor- morally awful. They were quite unpleasant people throughout the whole film. And I do struggle watching films like that. Like I really didn't like Wolf of Wall Street as well. I could respect a lot of what it was doing. Like, like you said, with the anxiety inducing like way of it, the chaos but I really didn't enjoy watching it, which is part of the point as well, I think. I don't think it was... It's not a film you meant to sit down and think, oh, that was a fun time. Definitely. But this is why I thought it would have been better seeing it in the cinema rather than watching this at home. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm in David's boat. I absolutely love this film. Um, I love how frantic and chaotic it is and the editing is just it's just it's so quick i don't, I don't think it really sort of stays on a shot for more than like five seconds it's just mm. next shot next shot i, just, I thought it was, i thought that was brilliant um i love the the music i love how how mismatched it is to what's what you're seeing on the screen and i think that is done purposely so that yeah you know it's just it just feels like you just feel sort of it's just a bit unsettling to what you're what you're witnessing and it's like it, it is just absolute chaos um and adam sandler was brilliant in the film um, and I also want to give a shout out to Lakeith Stanfield, who is oh, so good. I love Lakeith. He is so, he's so, every single role is completely different to what he plays before. I loved him in Atlanta. I love him in Knives Out, in this. Um, he's going to have an amazing career. He already does have an amazing career, but he's going to be really big uh, soon. And um, yeah, so it's just an unrelenting film. Like, I think, and I also, I want to give a shout out to sort of the look of the film. I think it was, there was some like very vibrant colours. And I think that's probably too... Oh, yeah you know, represent looking into a gem and, and that's what it felt like when you were watching the film. Mm. Um, but yeah, just very tight shots, very, um, you know, sort of to represent the chaos sort of closing in around him and mm. all the people closing in around him. And, you know, you really do. I don't know. I felt like I sort of, I don't know why I sort of uh, felt sorry for him. Like, I know he's an absolute idiot. He's put himself in this situation. 
But, but ev- it's not just one situation. It's yeah. M- it's multiple. It's so many different situations that he puts himself into. You almost start to think that you're an absolute, absolute idiot. And I have no sympathy for you because because of that reason. Like, If it was just one or two mistakes woven in throughout the film that just sort of spiralled, fine. But this was... He literally put himself into these stupid situations for... I don't know for kicks. Uh, I was going to say a swear word then, but uh, just giggles. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was yeah. terrible. Every single decision every he made single. was the wrong decision. Like yeah. you could flip a coin a hundred times and he'd guess the wrong time every single one. Yeah, yeah. it just felt like a roller coaster. It's just, just nonstop, just insanity, and mm. like you're just wondering why are people doing what they're what they're doing. And I yeah. think you know that's that's the emotion that the filmmakers have decided to mm. to bring to you. And uh, and it, I think it, what for that you know if you think about that intention it actually absolutely oh it works for that intention definitely but the the feeling that i got was that this after 20 to 30 minutes there was a point in the film where i thought it was going to take a big turn um a turn that was going to be you know this this gem was going to do something and i'm being vague with that everyone who's watched it will understand what i mean with, with that but it didn't do that and i kind of lost hope in that it was going to do something special I mean, the ending was pretty spectacular, I'll give you that, and it was a surprise to me, and it was really well done, um, but it it just didn't do it for me at all, yeah. it really didn't. I mean, we're, we're, the whole point of his character is, though, he's a man in debt, he's a man that needs to get out of debt, he's not making rational decisions because he's under such pressure, he's got so many people after him, and what we're... What, you know, we're trying to look at it from an out and a rational outside perspective, looking in, saying, "Well, what you should do is sit down and pay this person, and then pay that person." It's not rational because the situation he's found himself in, which is a fault of his own, isn't rational. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. But even when there is a moment of clarity for him, he then takes it and turns it on its head. Even when he he knows that he shouldn't do that, there are moments where he. C- completely sees that it is a rational moment and he decides actually you know what i'm gonna completely cause chaos again for myself Mm. and he definitely knows that he's doing that he's aware that he is doing that um it's just it is simply to try Mm. and get more money and he is he is he is literally playing to a stereotype in this film 100 percent. we've got to look at his gambling as well because the gambling is a big part of this film whenever he does get hold of some hard cash his his immediate response isn't to pay off the loan sharks that are chasing him down and doing pretty terrible things to him. His immediate response is let's get to Vegas and let's get a let's get a sports bet on, and that's an, a, a whole other element of the film of addiction and the cycle of addiction. And as a gambler myself, I found it fascinating um, to see his eyes light up. You know, twenty five, thirty five thousand in cash. That's enough. You know, pay off those loan sharks. Get your life in order. No, I'm going to gamble it because, like you said, nothing is ever enough. And the, the the gem itself, the uncut gem itself, is a gamble. He's taken a massive gamble. Well, everything Purge- in this film yeah. is a, is a gamble. It's a gamble for the filmmakers to make it the way that they're doing yeah. it. Yeah. But it's also a gamble for the way that the, the character is explored completely. And I don't think you're supposed to sympathise with this character. And I think you're no, supposed to. You're not supposed to find any redeeming features in this character whatsoever. I and, agree. And and it does. It's supposed to highlight something to you. And and the in that respect, it does something very very well. But if if you're looking for something to be entertained by and something to enjoy and something to to be to relax to, you're not going to get that from this film whatsoever. But you will end up talking about it prolifically with those who see it, like we have, and you will you will take something from it. But it's not it isn't going to be an entertaining thing. That's for sure. I don't think. 
Cool. Anyone else want to add anything about Uncut Gems? Cool. So, um, <laughs> great. <laughs> well, other than that? I think it's 100% <laughs> worth watching. I, w- yeah. I would like to say that. Yeah. Um, oh, I'd certainly agree. It's, it's certainly worth watching because it's a film you need to watch to form an opinion on. Like, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's certainly not a film yeah. I thought was bad as well. It's just... I really didn't enjoy it. Yeah. But you can't know that until you've watched yeah. it. I hated it, but yeah. I hated it because I, I I, just couldn't sustain myself from wanting to turn it off. I had to watch it because <laughs> I wanted to review it. And I, and I do not, I don't, like walking out of cinema mm. films, I don't walk. I don't walk out of any of them, and I don't turn off films unless it is something that I know that I might come back to later on to to talk about. I mean, Bad Boys is the only thing that I've recently turned off, and that I was very tired, and I was at home, and I was watching it, and I couldn't. I just can't stand some Michael Bay films. But anyway, <laughs> that is neither here nor there. I think it's worth watching. Yeah. Um, just so that you can discuss it. Mm. But if you want to sit down, relax of an evening and watch something to be entertained, this is not the film to watch. But if you want to be, if you want to see inside the mind of somebody who is lost and um, completely addicted to gambling and you want to see what that is like from their perspective and feel every beat of that, watch this movie. Mm. So yeah, I'd agree. I would say it's definitely worth watching at home. So moving on. Herbie, I know you're quite a big anime fan and Netflix have recently signed a deal with Studio Ghibli. Uh, You've seen more Studio Ghibli films than any of us have. Um, So I thought I'd ask you for your insight on a few of the films that are available now and stuff that they've got coming up. I mean, I would say big anime fan is quite a stretch, but I I suppose (laughs) absolutely massive. I've I've got anime on my walls. I I don't know what... uh, Yeah. Anime on your walls? Anime on my walls. Posters. No, I I have nothing on my walls. I bet he does. (laughs) Um, but, but I mean, I've, I've seen five or six of the Ghibli films. So I, I, that's way more than anyone here, I think, has seen. And um, I think I've seen one. I've seen Spirited Away a long time ago. I can't really remember. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of, I mean, it's always, yeah. it's always on TV, like Film yeah, 4 always seems to show it sort of early morning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, in a landmark deal, um, 21 out of the Studio Ghibli films, I think Grave of the Fireflies is the only one that's not on there because that was made very early on in the days of Studio Ghibli, maybe even before they were a studio. Um, so due to the distribution rights that wasn't added but I'm pretty sure the rest of the Ghibli films have been added so they've added um, seven on the 1st of February seven more two days ago on the 1st of March and seven more on the 1st of April and it's just a really nice mix so I've seen like a few I've seen Spirited Away yeah. um, I've seen P- Princess Mononoke which is in quite a similar vein Spirited Away with sort of fancy elements um, which we don't often see in Western animation to the same degree like obviously we have our own myths we have our own legends mm. But I don't think they're explored quite in the same way, and it's not just because we don't under, we don't see them from a Western point of view. I think it's just such an interesting way of seeing films and seeing filmmaking. Like it's not just the story of Bigfoot, like we might have here, like Abominable. That was about the Abominable Snowman. That was a um, animation, but it it's like woven into the fabric of the film, which is really interesting to see. Like I do like watching films not in the English language because we get to see a completely different filmmaking perspective from all levels, from writing to directing to absolutely everything. It's just so unlike like English, English-made films and American-made films, which is the bulk of what we watch in this country, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And then you do get some more like straightforward like animated films, like you've got um, The Wind Rises, which is, I believe, it's about a World War II pilot. I haven't seen it, but I know a lot about <laughs> it. Um, and that's one which is is telling a far more. I mean, they're all very human stories. They use like the um, the spirituality and the mythicism to build like the human characters to not, and to understand what's going on within the film. 
And um, it's just really interesting to see that from a different perspective. And it's it's such an easy way to watch these sort of films because so many of them are critically acclaimed. Um, they're so well made, like so much care goes into them. And um, yeah, it's just, they're just it's just really interesting to watch as well. Yeah, so I, I remember watching Spirited Away a long time ago and I was quite young, so I didn't really understand what I was watching or what it was about. And it's something I want to go back to. I think now that they're all on Netflix, it's definitely something I'm going to look at again. Um, but yeah, I think what you know what I understand from Studio Ghibli and sort of anime, or this sort of anime in general, is that they they sort of have very hard hitting themes, and it's yeah. disguised in this sort of fantastical element, like you said. And I think you know we have our version of so Pixar will do that quite well, but not to the degree that Studio Ghibli does, um, which is quite fascinating. And like you said, it's amazing to see you know the same sort of themes uh, from the viewpoint of a different culture. Um, so. Yeah, definitely. Studio Ghibli is something I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of delve into now that's more more available. Um, I was looking at the list as well, and I saw that um, Ponyo is also coming out um, in April on Netflix, and I have seen that as well. And I really wasn't a fan of that. It was just, no, yeah, it's a strange film. It's just this weird little girl just screaming and shouting. They um, can be quite strange. Eh? You've really yeah, got, you've really got to go in with an open mind. And it's so hard. Like it took me, I think, three or four tries to watch Spirited Away when I was growing up because obviously I heard about it when I was younger. Yeah. Tried watching it. It's just so unlike anything. I would have seen growing up that it's hard to get into. Didn't help that a phobia of pigs as well, which uh, <laughs> like a, a, they're, they're quite a prominent role in the film. And in a lot of um, a lot of Ghibli films, pigs play quite a big role, which is another thing you just won't see. You won't yeah. realise it until you sort of watch a lot of their films. You grew up on a farm. I did. We didn't. We we had a few pigs, but they went when I was quite young. So um, was that because you were scared of them? No, it was an what episode did you of do Doctor to the Who. Pigs, I, did, I did nothing to the pigs. It was it was <laughs> an episode of Doctor Who. Sandwiches. Where I think it was like the the fifth episode of the of the comeback, and there was like a little little artificially created pig that was being used as a distraction oh god yeah and that it was horrible and yeah it was like it took me years to get over that oh this has got very introspective <laughs> uh, back to studio ghibli i would always recommend as well watching them subbed rather than um dubbed because i think you lose a lot with translations like no yeah. matter how good the um like the english version is they have to re-record it with different voice actors and you lose the intonation, you, you lose a lot of the inflection. I think that's why I didn't enjoy Ponyo because I watched the dubbed version and you're right, it just loses the effect and the everything is lost in translation. It's, it's not the same feeling. So um, so yeah, I do want to check out Ponyo again and I'm going to check out the rest of them. Is there one Studio Ghibli film in particular that you would say, you know, sort of to get a feel of the, what the studio, what the studio's ethos is and... I mean, I think Spirit Away is obviously the one that everyone will talk yeah. about. But um, more recently, The Tale of Princess Kaguya is a really good one because it's such a gorgeously animated film. Like, it's all designed to look it's quite like recent, a... recent, isn't it? It's very recent. I think yeah. 2013 it yeah. came out. I remember sharing it, yeah. It's, it's all designed to look like a um, watercolour painting. And it's just such a beautiful film and you really get drawn into, like, the, like, like I was saying, the mythicism and the spirituality of the films. And I think that's a really good... It's quite a long one, but it's... Because um, I think it's over two hours long, which is quite unusual for animated films in general i've not seen um any studio ghibli films um i've come across spirited away but i never got around to actually watching it so would where would you want if someone like myself where should i start um from the selection of netflix films that are, are currently available i think probably princess mononoke because it's similar to studio ghibli in terms of the unusual fancy elements but the story is a lot more familiar to a lot of us like the way it's told i think it's a a bit more accessible for us i mean the audience is at home as well Mm. And I, I would recommend that because it's 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 just a far it's it's a very engaging story and it's it is very interesting it is very deep but I think it's a bit more accessible than Spirited Away which everyone will recommend because because it is an incredible film. Okay, 
But yeah, Princess Mononoke. Added to my watch list. Brilliant. Moving on, uh, I just want to mention uh, The Aeronauts, which is brand new to Amazon Prime. Um, I haven't seen The Aeronauts. Um, I know... David and Craig have. Yeah, and and Herbie. I put it on there specifically because when we, David and I left the cinema, we bumped, we bumped into Herbie and we had this discussion about it and Herbie had a lot to say on it. I did, I watched um, it twice as well at the cinema. Yeah, we only managed to catch it once, but we were, David and I were blown away by it and we did review it on one of the uh, main episode film uh, film reviews. Um, but I think it'd be quite interesting to get your take, Herbie, on, the, on this uh, film for Cinema at Home. Um, so, The Aeronauts, what did you think? What was it about? Um, if you can just give us a little bit of of a brief synopsis, if you can. Yeah, so the brief synopsis is it's about a um, an aeronaut, a, um, I've forgotten what the term for someone who predicts the weather is. He's like a pioneer in weather prediction. Yeah. And he wants to go up in a hot air balloon. He's a meteorologist, isn't he? Meteorologist, that's go. the one. Thank you, Craig. And he <laughs> wants to go up in a hot air balloon to like study the, la- like the atmosphere and to work out whether we can predict weather to save lives. Like that is his aim. Um, but he's no aeronaut so he um employs um Felicity Jones's character to go with him who was like who was a fictional character he is based on a real character real person real historical figure but she's a fictional character who's like an amalgam of two separate women mm-hmm. in history is one Amelia Earhart no okay um Sorry, that was very um, final. <laughs> no, you are incorrect, I'm afraid. I don't know, I just got that vibe from Wrong. her. Though. No, I don't believe it was. It might have been, but I don't believe it was. And um, yeah, so it's about them going into the air and their their relationship as well, because they're, they're basically complete strangers when they start. So mm. seeing them interact, seeing the gorgeous visuals as well, because it's such a stunning film. Yeah. Um, it is produced by Amazon Prime as well, or Amazon um, Amazon, Amazon Studios, Studios isn't yeah. it? So this is no, you know, we we expected it to come to Amazon, but I didn't realise it was going to come so late. I thought it was going to come quite early because I know in America they had it almost simultaneously uh, go into cinema and go onto yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think it was a week or two after. Yeah, it was ridiculous, but um, I I thought this was going to come on quite quite soon. Um, but now that it is on, it is, it is on as of today, and today's date is Tuesday, the third of March, two thousand and twenty. So if you're downloading this a little bit after, um, it is available for you to watch, but it is available today for us to watch. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing it again. Actually, Definitely. do you think it would still have the same effect at home? Because I know it was, um, it was an IMAX film, wasn't it, for a bit? It was, but it we, was. we only David and I only saw it in screen uh, in Hemel Hempstead Cine World uh, screen like 15 or something, okay. <laughs> which is quite a standard screen. Yeah, just a yeah. standard small screen, and it still had a huge mm. impact on us. And the visuals were, were were amazing. They really were. Yeah. Um, I think. At home, if you've got a huge TV, it will have the same impact. Um, and the, the sound actually in the, in the film is 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 breathtaking as well. Mm. But it's quite literally because you're you're in a hot air balloon and you're surrounded by air and wind and yeah. it rushes around and and it, it they manage to capture that whole I don't know feeling of being on the edge of the world almost. Mm. And it was it was great. And I think if you can watch it at home now, if you've got a great TV and sound system, yeah. it will be just the same as watching it in the okay. cinema, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, hot air balloons are actually one of... I don't have any phobias other than hot air balloons. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. Heights? No, I'm fine with heights. Up the Eiffel Tower on a plane, absolutely fine. But the thought of being in a basket carried by fire and hot air just terrifies me. Why would you put a basket near fire and a balloon? It's just bizarre. But anyway, this film really got my heart <laughs> racing for that very I reason. Ha- I, have an, I have an idea why they do that. 
So the balloon rises. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, <laughs> I understand the basic physics behind it, but why would you want to do it? I don't to explore, <laughs> to travel. I don't. I, anyway, enough about my phobia of hot air balloons. That aside, I think you could watch this on a small screen. Mm. Um, the okay. visuals are brilliant, but the story is really compelling. The the story of these two characters and how they bounce off each other in that very confined space is brilliant. So yes, obviously IMAX, it was great in the cinema, it was great, but it's the kind of movie that can 100% be seen on your on your phone even you mm. know it's it's for the story alone for the story element then do you think it would have worked better or worse if it didn't have the the bits where it went back in time and told the story of how they they met um and how the how they got to this point in time which is them going up in the hot air balloon gradually getting higher and higher if they didn't have that in there and it was t- simply a story about these two people in a hot air balloon do you think it would have worked I think it would have worked, but I loved the flashbacks. I loved getting that, I mean, as, with the balloon phobia, I loved getting out of the balloon, actually. <laughs> um, but I loved those flashbacks. I think it added an extra layer to the film. So we got to know the characters like live in the balloon, mm. and then we got those flashbacks as well, got to know a bit more about their past and what put them in the balloon. Yeah. So I, I thought the flashbacks were really I effective. I loved those, those flashbacks, and I thought they were very, very effective in building um, an understanding of those two characters and, and, and almost sympathising with them a lot. But I didn't. I if they took that out from a story point of view, I don't think it would have worked without it at all. And a lot of people weren't too sure about those flashbacks. I don't know about you, Herbie, but I thought the flashbacks were used sparingly and necessarily. Like a lot mm. of flashbacks are just used for exposition that you could tell from watching the film anyway. Like yeah. they're used as quite a cheap storytelling device. Yeah. But in this case, I mean, you could have had a film with just those two and a hot air balloon. But I think the flashbacks add so much to their characters, like you were both saying. Like seeing about um, both of them, seeing how how each of their decisions, how each of their desires led them to that point, because that's very important. Um, setup is always important in film. I think it's it's not it's interesting to jump straight in, but I think this one you sort of got a bit of setup at the beginning, then they go up in the balloon, and then you start seeing why why they wanted to, because the why is just as important as what they're doing as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so this is definitely one that I think all of us would recommend for Ranjit to watch. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, no, I 100% yeah. recommend The Aeronauts on Amazon Prime. I think it's a brilliant yeah. film. So, Ranjit, um, there's a few new releases coming out, aren't there? Yep. Uh, do you want to reel off what they are? These are new releases to Blu-ray and DVD? Yeah. So we have Terminator Dark Fate coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, I had a lot of fun with this film. I thought it was a, a good solid entry to the Terminator franchise. Um, and if you just consider it 1, 2 and 3 as in Terminator, Terminator... Uh, Judgment Day and this one it's a good trilogy and it caps off the trilogy quite well and I said on the um, on the show last time I don't want them to make any more Terminator stuff I think it's done yeah. you joined us for this didn't you this yeah time? yeah and um, you know Terminator Dark Fate did very poorly at the box office mm. in, in the cinema so I, th- I hope I hope it is done because I don't think there's much more else you can do with it but like I said it's a good good cap off to the uh, to the original trilogy I'm Agreed. sure they'll find a way to do another one though. I'm sure oh. they will yeah cash cow yeah. undoubtedly <laughs> Um, so next we have the Peanut Butter Falcon on coming out on Blu-ray. Um, I haven't seen this film. I, I have. Yeah, you have, Craig. Yeah, um, I I reviewed this with Shivani um, a couple of episodes ago. Um, it's a really really wonderful movie. Um, it's got Shia LaBeouf in it, um, and he he's really coming full circle in terms of being somebody who's up and coming again in in some respects. It's it is one of his most finest performance I think in in any movie um, and he plays a really charismatic but also not charismatic character um, there is a real great U-turn in there um, so 
that I'm, I'm not going to say any more about it other than okay. that. It's just so worth buying on Blu-ray. Definitely. Yeah, I've heard a lot of, I've watched a lot of interviews and stuff about it as well. And I know that um, they really sort of uh, fought for, um, is his name Zach? Yes. Is, in, is that his real name or is his name? That's his real name, yeah. Real name, yeah. They, uh, the directors had, to, they really wanted to make the film with Zach and a lot of studios refused to do that. Yeah, so the the, the, the idea of this film came from his character yeah. or from him in real life. And they wanted to make a film with him in it. And that was that was, and then they built the film around him simply and and they've done a really good job with that it looks brilliant it's something i definitely i'm gonna watch um the next we have stephen king's doctor sleep coming out on blu-ray on the 9th of march um again i haven't seen this i haven't didn't get a chance to watch it in the cinema i love the shining but i haven't had a chance to see doctor sleep if, if you like the shining definitely watch this definitely get this on blu-ray and definitely watch it yeah brilliant what did you think of it david i i actually missed this one um i i believe this was when i was in morocco right in marrakesh so i had a week away this was one of the films that i missed uh, it was on the episode that shivani and floss and a few others yeah, uh, joined you toby yeah. toby helped me review this one i believe um and yeah it, we we all absolutely loved it um if you want to find out about what we thought about this film um look up uh, one of the episodes that has that on there i can't remember from the top of my head what week's episode it was but it was certainly available for a listen in terms of getting a review on it and then next we have sorry we missed you which is out on dvd on the 9th of march um again this is a film i haven't seen (laughs) has anyone else seen it yes yes um both me and craig saw this i absolutely adored this film it was a really hard-hitting powerful gritty drama um about a family um being led by a man who's fundamentally on like a zero hours contract um so he doesn't know what he's when the money's coming in um and also he's working for one of these schemes where he's his own boss right um so he has to buy his own van he has to buy his own machine and he basically delivers packages the more packages he delivers the more money he gets um but if you have a sick day not only do you lose money you get fined it's that kind of movie and the the whole film is just a real analysis of this northern working class family and the the impact that someone working too much can have on the family life and i thought it was a really powerful and brilliant film craig and i know you really enjoyed it as well yeah it's one of ken loach's um best films um that he's done i mean it's up there with i daniel blake um and and well, most of the other films that he does are, are really hard-hitting, politically charged movies, but focusing on the social injustice of um, uh, things that's going on in, in, in this current day and age and things that will impact us in the future. And I always think that these sort of films are, are worth catching just so that you can almost have a, an awakening to what's going on around you. Because um, some people are just so focused on their own lives they don't really realize what's going on around them and this is one of those that will wake you up definitely yeah and it was actually nominated for best british film at the baftas Uh, it didn't win that obviously went to 1917 uh, but it was nominated and rightly so it was a brilliant film yeah that sounds really good um moving on uh we have the good liar starring ian mckellen and helen mirren uh, which is out on dvd on the 16th of march um, again, I haven't seen this film. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is why you should buy these and then you can recommend yes, them. Yes, for, for that's them. my plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, David and I saw this. Herbie, did you see this at all? I, I haven't seen any of these so far. Oh. So I've just been sitting quietly in the corner hoping Waiting for that last on one. Ranjit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so uh, David and I both saw this Um, we reviewed it on one of the other episodes Uh, if you want to listen to our review you can Um, we'll keep it quite quite succinct here Um, I liked it more than David did definitely Um, it had some great acting Um, the story was brilliant up until a point um, but it's certainly worth a watch just simply for for those wonderful actors in there and it does have 
it does have a good story, I think, but it, ridiculous, but good. Yeah, it's funny and moving. The problem is it, it gets a little bit ridiculous and the ending is just far too over the top and the twists and the plot turns are a little bit just a, a real shame. Um, but overall, it is out on DVD on the 16th and it is a really, really fun film and I laughed out loud a number of times because there's some real black comedy in this. Um, so yeah, it's a film out on DVD I would definitely recommend buying. DVD, Blu-ray, digital download, all of those DVD, things. DVD, DVD. <laughs> That's old. Uh then, Herbie, you do have one, don't you? Yes, I do have one, which came out a few days ago. Uh, end of uh, February it came out. It's called I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, which is another anime film. I swear I've only watched like 12 animes. I just <laughs> I just like all of them quite a bit. So I sound like a massive weeb, but I'm not, I swear. Um, and this is a really interesting film. I don't know if anyone here has seen um, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. No. I'd recommend that as well. I'll throw that in on there. That came out several years ago on DVD yeah. and Blu-ray, so I'll, um, I can recommend that as well, technically. Um <laughs> But it's um it's just a really lovely story about I mean it goes beyond friendship, it goes beyond love. Like it's 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 a it's a it's two people whose like relationship transcends any words and it's such an interesting story that's told within it and it's it's really powerful and interesting and I just loved it. That that sounds really, really good because I'm thinking about it. Like how do you visually show yeah. something that transcends more than words? Um, you know, you've got to really show that in a really succinct and visual way I suppose yeah the development of the two characters getting to know each other like the two main characters was such an such a well done story and yeah. it's one that you can you've seen before like it's not a particularly original story as well which is quite interesting because it takes it takes a lot of influences from other sources and it's um, it's just so lovely it's it's um, the way it develops the way all the characters and, and it's such a realistic film as well I think the way the characters behave mm. and the way the characters react which is what I love seeing in film. Like I love seeing character-driven stories. Like if a film just had like no plot and all character stuff, I'd probably still quite enjoy it, even though it would make absolutely no sense. <laughs> yeah. Which I suppose is. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm getting off topic. I was going to talk about Boyhood for a bit, but that's the sort of film there, which is no, you can. All... I, th- I think we recommended <laughs> this quite recently, actually. Boyhood. Well, that's good then, because that's another film that's all 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 character and very little story. And this one has a bit more story, but the story is not important. It's about these two characters, about yeah. their relationship, and it's about realising what they mean to each other, which they don't realise it, I think, until towards the end of the film as well. Mm. You've definitely sold me on anime, I think, today. I'm going to sort of delve into it and see what I can find. Yeah, me also. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. It's just just so interesting seeing that different culture in filmmaking as well. Yeah, absolutely. I just remembered one more film that I wanted to recommend um, coming out. And, of course, you guys know me, I can't not mention Superman. And Superman Red Sun (laughs) is an animated film coming out on the 12th of March. Um, and this is a film, this is based on Superman Red Sun, the comic book. Where oh, it's, wow, um, no, really? Yeah, <laughs> where it's, um, <laughs> wow. uh, where Superman lands wow. in Russia, not America, <laughs> um, and he's raised by Stalin. No, I know, when I wasn't oh, actually wow, being sarcastic sounds... when, when, you, yeah. when, when I said that. Genuinely, I've heard of it and I'm, I'm excited to watch yeah, it, genuinely. So, yeah, so I've already put my pre-order in ages ago and it, <laughs> I, just, I just remembered it's coming out on the 12th of March. Um, Are you a big DC fan, Rand? Uh, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have guessed? A couple of comic um, books. So yeah, so look out for that if you're interested in that. Um, it's out in America already and it's already got really good reviews in America. Um, but yeah, so that's another one coming out on the 12th of March. Cool. So moving on. 
Um, we just wanted to give away a few recommendations that are available on Netflix. Uh, David, you wanted to recommend Erin Brockovich. Yes, so Erin Brockovich is currently available on Netflix. Just a very br- brief synopsis. Uh, an unemployed single mother becomes a legal assistant and almost single-handedly brings down a California power company accused of polluting a city's water supply. Um, Julia Roberts stars in this 2000 uh, film. Uh, she actually won an Academy Award Best Leading Actress uh, and she is absolutely marvellous in this film. Uh, and it's independent, uh, sorry, it's International Women's Day on Sunday the 8th of March. And there is no better film to celebrate than with this one. Um, Julia Roberts gives a powerhouse performance, basically a single mum with th- three children who is involved in a car accident and she goes to a solicitor to try and get compensation. Um, that doesn't work out and she's literally on the rope. She can't put food on the fa- food on the table uh, for her family and she goes back to this solicitor um, to this law firm and basically says please give me a job and then she becomes involved in this huge case against a massive American company that's you know really harming and causing detrimental effect to local residents by polluting the water supply it's a brilliant film um, her performance is more than Oscar worthy um, what I like doing is when people win Oscars, I often like to think which scene is it that won them the Oscar. For example, Anne Hathaway in Les Miserables. She won the Oscar with her performance of I Dreamed a Dream. If you want to see how to win an Oscar in about four or five minutes, watch Anne Hathaway in on, on YouTube seeing I Dreamed a Dream. And I tried to do that with Julia Roberts. I tried to pin down what scenes won her the Oscar, but it's just the whole performance is absolutely compelling. It's a brilliant film. It's available on Netflix, and I would thoroughly, thoroughly recommend watching it brilliant i'm about to mention a film that didn't win any oscars but i love this film and that's godzilla 2 king of king of the monsters which is available on now tv um just a quick rundown of the scores it has a 42 percent critic score and an 83 percent audience score um and you know I, I i love my monster movies i love jurassic park you guys know that mm. and i just loved how how stupid this was and just how over the top it was and just you know, I, I was a big fan of Godzilla that came out in 2015, 14, I can't remember. Yeah, um, yeah and I really, I really loved this film. I just loved how just insane it is and just how it takes everything that next step, um, you know, that next step further than the first one did. Um, and I'm looking forward to Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I love this film. The ultimate heavyweight bout. Yeah, <laughs> and it was great to watch in um, IMAX and... Yeah, now it's on Now TV. Definitely check it out if you just want to have a, a fun evening um, of just monsters banging banging each other. <laughs> what? Wait, <laughs> that's fine. We know what you mean. It's like the animals each other up. making love or whatever I said earlier. We, we all make mistakes. <laughs> so moving on, Herb, you want you want to recommend a film? Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, the Big Sick is on Amazon Prime. It's got uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Zoe Kazan in it. And it's, you know, your standard boy meets girl, girl gets a terminal illness, not terminal, very, very ill, on her deathbed kind of ill. Um, Boy tries to have a relationship with her family, you know, that sort of standard story. Yeah. Mm. Um, So Kumar Nanjiani's character is like a um, fairly unsuccessful stand-up comedian. He's given it a go. Bo Burnham's in it as well, who is always worth a watch for anything. Absolutely love Bo Burnham. And um, he meets a girl... Um, Zoe Kazan's character meets a woman, sorry. And we see like the beginnings of their relationship and then she starts to get really ill completely out of nowhere and he's still involved in her life and is like dealing with a family. Um, oh, Ray Romano and Holly Hunter play her parents and they're 
so wonderful in the role. Like, they're such good actors anyway. And seeing their relationship with him, like two people from completely different worlds, because there's a lot about his... I think it's quite a personal film for Kumail Anjiani as well, because like, his character like grew up in Pakistan and moved to this country, so like he talks a lot about his... Like his character talks a lot about his upbringing in Pakistan, and it's such an interesting story, and it's so funny as well. Like I can't remember laughing this much at the cinema because I watched this at the cinema a few years ago when it came out, and I genuinely don't think I've laughed at a film more than this. It's so funny, and it balances the tone so well, which is such a tricky thing to do. I watched it about six or seven months ago on. Um, it's available on Amazon, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's where I watched it, I believe. And yeah, I was blown away by it um, in terms of. The comedy, the serious nature of it, but the comedy juxtaposed with it all. It, it was just so well done. It really, really was. Um, and yeah, it's a really good one from you, Herbie. They're a really good recommendation. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's an absolutely brilliant film. It's, um, you know, like I said to Herbie earlier, like it's, for me personally, it's quite relatable, you know, coming from an Indian background. And I, I can sort of relate to what Kamel and Anjani goes through. Um, yeah, you're doing stand up as well, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <that'd be. laughs> Joker um, style. <laughs> but, um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, definitely check it out on Amazon Prime if you get a chance. And Craig, you want to recommend the film? Yes, um, I want to recommend Beats. Uh, this came out in 2019. And this is one that I saw at the cinema as an unlimited screening. Uh, and I saw it with you, David, didn't I? Um, did we? Yeah, we saw it together. I'm not 100% sure I've seen this. Yeah, you definitely have. We saw it in an unlimited screening. We came out of the screening and we were like, this is amazing. And two other people came out of the screening, two people that are regular cinema goes, and they t- they thought it was absolutely rubbish. And we were like, were we sitting in the same screen as you? Did we see the same film? Because we were blown away by this movie. It's shot in black and white, which is one thing that might trigger your memory a little bit. It doesn't look like it has. He is staring at the screen <laughs> with his eyes slightly... <laughs> Was it set in Scotland? It was set in Scotland, oh, yes. You have seen yeah, this. Yeah, now we're getting down to it. Right, okay. So this is set in 1994 <laughs> in a small town in central Scotland and there's two mates, Jono and Spanner, and despite being total opposites, they have a very deep bond. Now they're on the cusp of adulthood and life is destined to make them in uh, take them in different directions and Jono's family are moving him to a new town and a better life, leaving Spanner behind to face a precarious future. But this summer is going to be different for them and for the country and the explosion of the free party scene and the largest counter-cultural youth movement in recent history is happening across the UK and this film was just every bit well acted and and envisioned than than any other film that I have ever seen before it was so well done and the soundtrack is so evocative it was and there's one scene in particular where this soundtrack and the visuals come colliding with each other and throughout the whole movie it's it's black and white until this one collision of the soundtrack and and the visuals come Mm -hmm. together and the color was just spectacular when that scene finally comes in and it it's just one that you you I, other than what I've just explained. It's a coming of age film. It's set in Scotland. It has a very precarious political background running through the film. There's this whole scene of of rave raves going on. This big youth movement all going on, and all. In, meanwhile, this young boy is basically getting uprooted from his mates, and all he wants to do is hang out with his mate. And and that is basically the premise of this movie. And it was just so. Brilliant, especially watching it in the cinema, the way it all unfolded. And when we came out of that screen, I was so shocked by these two people that were like, that was absolutely rubbish. 
And, and yeah, I remember. I, yeah, I one hundred percent remember this movie now. Look, just looking at the name, looking at the Rotten Tomato scores, I thought I, I don't have a clue what this film is. But now you've given that synopsis, I remember it. And yeah, it is visually, it's it's a wonderful film. But the the journey you go on with these two characters is great. And what I like about it, it's set in nineteen ninety four. So you're looking at post Thatcher. Um, I think John Major would have been in power pre Blair, the end of the Tories, and there's a real sense of revolution in the air, and the mm. youngsters are angry at the. the that what's going on in the country and there is that there's that just humming and buzz of something's going to happen yeah it was a great film I'm glad that I remembered it because honestly I know at home listening you can't see my face but it was completely <laughs> blank I had no clue what your was... eyes were slightly glazed, glazed and yeah. shut and you were like I, thinking I just didn't know. I, it's I like just... you entered your own mind yeah. looking in your own mind palace I, 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 for I, I, what I may as well have just was. floated out of the room because I was just spirited was away here. but no brilliant film <laughs> Good. Uh, well, we've come to the end of the seri- this episode. Haven't not the series. We're not cancelling you. <laughs> <Randy. laughs> That's it. It's this all episode. Thanks very much. <laughs> so, thank you for listening to episode four of Cinema at Home. If you've seen any films on a streaming service that you'd like to recommend to us, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. Uh, Craig, what's the email address? So the email address uh, where you can contact us is mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. That's mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. Now that's really long. So we have created a new way for you to get in contact with us and that's via WhatsApp. Yes, we have a WhatsApp business account. You can go to the Facebook page. There will be a button that says WhatsApp. That will take you directly into your own WhatsApp app um, and where you can send us messages. You can send us voice recordings of your take of a review and we can play it live. In, in in our little studio that we've got um, you can even call us live if we we'll set it up you can message us we'll say yes at this time and this day don't just don't just ring me um, you can you can call live into the show and we'll discuss any films that you want to talk about and that'll be on any of the shows that we will be doing from now on so we'll, we'll definitely talk soon if you have WhatsApp um, there are other ways aren't there Ranger can yeah. you remember the website yes so you can visit the website isitworthitpodcast.com that's isitworthitpodcast.com where we have all of our social links and our email address. And uh, yeah, so as streaming services become bigger and better, the show, you know, we'll, we'll talk about a lot more films. Um, Disney Plus is coming out March 24th, I believe. 24th or 26th, I can't quite yeah, remember. something like that. Not far now, not long no, away. No, not far no. at all. Um, it's a I'm whole new kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah, I'm definitely going to be subscribing to that. So that's going to bring us some more films to talk about. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, one thing I will add, um, uh, Herbie, have you enjoyed yourself? Yes, it's been quite lovely, and um, I'm sure you'll be having me back for the anime special, <laughs> which I'll inevitably be running at this rate. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right well, you're coming back definitely for our nas- uh, sorry, national, international Women's Day it's special. It's a global thing. It yes. is a global movement, um, and uh, we're really looking forward to getting your point of view on, on that show. Um, so that'll be out on Sunday, the 8th of March. Um, I did get it wrong in one of the other previous episodes, um, but... Who cares? We'll change it at some point in that episode. So you, you probably won't even notice when it goes out. <laughs> Alex is yeah, grinning at me because we are going to change it. Me, me and Craig not only got the name wrong. No, we didn't was, get the name wrong. We didn't? No. no. The name was fine. Oh, we got the name right. We got the date wrong. Yeah. That was Typi- simply typical it. blokes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but other than that, Herbie, if you are if you are up for it, we'd like to have you back on Cinema Absolutely. as a permanent fixture if you're up for it. I would love to come back for Cinema at Home. Excellent. So, <laughs> as uh, as Ranji had said, thank you all for listening and goodbye. And enjoy your cinema at home experiences. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>